Welcome back to another episode of the Ion Healthcare Podcast. I'm Corey Chapman, one of your hosts. Earlier this year, John Bartolovich and I, alongside VBCExhibitHall.com, hosted a webinar entitled, How a Shared Care Program Can Save People's Vision While Improving ROI, with our special guest, Dr. Wade Brocious. Dr. Brocious is currently the Medical Director of PMSI and Tandime Health, and he's been a family physician for the last 27 years. Please enjoy our conversation with Dr. Wade Brocious. Here is part one. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, my name is Garrett Schmidt, and I'm the managing editor for BBC Exhibit Hall. And I'd like to welcome you all to today's webinar hosted by Topcon Screen. And it is titled, How a Shared, a Shared Care Program can save uh, people's vision while improving ROI. And this is a really interesting uh, a session. I've, I've had a sneak preview of it. And so I'm really excited for you guys to, to be able to see this today. Uh, a few items of note before we get started. Now, all attendees have joined us today in listen-only mode. So you don't need to worry about muting your microphone or turning off your camera. That, that's already been done for you. And also I'd like to let you know that uh, the webinar is being recorded. So what's going to happen is after we're done, I'm going to send everybody uh, that's registered, even if they're not in attendance, if they've registered, I'm going to send everyone a link to the recording and also where you can download uh, the, the couple slides that we have from today's presentation. It'll be mostly in uh, conversational uh, form. So there won't be a ton of slides, but there'll be a, a couple that you'll want to have. Uh, and then finally, during the webinar, we want to hear from you. So a big part of this is going to be the Q&A uh, that we do at the end. So we want to take audience questions. So at any time, uh, you'll be able to ask questions through your attending module. There's a little place where you can actually ask questions. It's not the chat. It's actually a little question module. And uh, we're going to get to as many of those as we possibly can during the session today. If we can't get to yours, then we'll make sure to uh, reach out via email afterwards to answer your questions. So again, we definitely want to hear from you. Uh, you don't have to wait till the, the Q&A to ask, so please do. Uh, and then finally, uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce uh, very briefly our speakers. Uh, uh, Mr. John Bartolovich, who's the Healthcare Economics and Reimbursement Manager with TopCon Screen. Hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome, John. Uh, Mr. Corey Chapman, who is the National Sales Director uh, screening at TopCon Screen, and he's going to probably be doing a little uh, of the moderation for us today. Uh, and then Dr. Wade Brocious, who's Medical Director uh, of PMSI. And so glad to have you gentlemen with us today. And at this time, I'm going to hand it over to Corey. So welcome. All right. Thanks, Garrett. Dr. Brocious, great to see you again. Thanks uh, for spending some time this afternoon with us. So let's just get so right into it. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself. So as I said, my name is Wade Brocious. I'm the medical director for PMSI, and I've been in this role uh, on and off for about 15 years. I've been in practice for 28 years, and PMSI is in the northwestern suburbs of Philadelphia. Our company services about 180,000 primary care lives. Okay, well, what do you find interesting or important about your field? So I'm uh, family medicine, 
and value medicine has changed a bit over the course of the years, right? So um, we went for a uh, from a, a volume model to a value model. Um, so what's happened quickly is before was, hey, fee-for-service for the most part, you get people in the door, you give them the very best possible care you can, but a lot of times back then, there weren't necessarily quotas, but there were ideal goals of how many patients are seen. Um, what's happened over the course of time is we've switched to a value-based uh, care model, which really, quite honestly, is, is better for the patient, it's better for the provider, and what we look at now is not just only hey, are we getting paid for the patients, but are we getting them to goal across their HEDIS STARS measures? Um, and um, also, uh, many of the models are looking at uh, medical cost ratios. So are you able to you know, not only help to improve the quality of care, but are you able to keep the global cost of care down? And when you're looking at that, doctor, with your diabetic patient panel, what type of struggles or opportunities are you seeing as part of that treatment plan for them? Well, until about two and a half years ago, when there was a small little thing like a public health emergency, um, you know, it was already a struggle uh, because really you need to have access to care, right? You need to get your patients in the door to be able to make sure they get their adequate uh, level of care so that you can improve their A1C and you can make sure all the tests are performed. Um, and again, you know, back then, especially, it was trying to get access not just only to primary care providers, but to eye health care specialists as well, right? And then we have to try and make sure that in the realm of social determinants of health, that we're able to not only just get access to care, but can the patients financially afford the care? Do they have transportation to that care? Um, and also, are they having the appropriate follow-up that they need? So uh, just as a follow-up, social determinants of health seem to be uh, probably one of the bigger struggles for your patients? It really is. Um, you know, it's one of the things we've built into our pre-visit planning tool. So that way we can make sure we ask every patient uh, every visit because you'd be surprised at how many people that you're assuming are totally fine only to find out that they really are struggling to make ends meet day to day. Um, not just only that, but quite honestly, um, there is not immediate access to transportation like you would think there is. And so having the ability to perform top-con screen in a primary care setting has really revolutionized the ability to actually improve the quality of care. So specifically around diabetes care, how do these social determinants of health play a role? Well, if you can't get the appointment, that's issue number one. If you, they can't get transportation, um, you know, it's really hard for uh, someone to get the, the eye care exam they need because although in primary care, we still on occasion do home visits, uh, it's not like ophthalmologists carry around their, their retinal uh, machinery to, to the patient's home, right? So I think having the ability to have that screening access in the office, where truly at point of care, we've been able to dramatically improve our heat of stars measures in regards to closing that care gap. Um, and again, it's interesting because if you look at heat of stars measures and value-based contracts, um, diabetes points uh, make up more than half of all the points in the heat of stars measures that you're being compensated for. So this is a really big thing is to get the patients in and then be able to give them the highest level of care they can possibly get, including their eye health exam. So fair to say the retinopathy screening uh, program plays an integral part in your practice? Absolutely. Um, and again, what we did is we built it into our pre-visit planning tool. So that way um, we, really document very well, have they had their A1C, their lipid panel, their, you know, 
microalbumin to creatinine ratio. But the other big thing is, have they had their retinal screening done yet this calendar year? If the answer is no, even if it's later in the year, we make sure that we do it. Now we try and do most of them in the first part of the year, um, but sometimes things slide through, whether there be emergencies or other things, but it's one of the things that's built in there so it's not missed at any event. And you, you hinted at, or maybe not hinted at, this has had a positive impact on your HEDIS and STARS? Dramatically so. Um, I, I'm lucky enough, I sit on a bunch of boards in the primary care arena in, in the Philadelphia marketplace, and I can tell you, this is a real struggle uh, for primary care, not just in all, our little tiny geography, but across the entire five-county region, um, including the metropolitan region of Philadelphia. And um, this is one of the things that has allowed us to really be in the top quintile of all practices across the five-county marketplace. Well, that's fantastic. So, doctor, what exactly is a shared care program and how does it help you to address the gaps in care with your diabetic patients? So, as I'm sure you're probably aware, John, uh, shared care really means that it's a, it's a patient-centric system, right, that allows everyone to have communication across um, the entire care team, meaning not just only their provider, but also specialists and the patient themselves, right? So in this particular case, what's allowing us to do is to have access to the patient while they're in our office and be able to offer them the opportunity to have their retinal screening done at point of care. We get reports back very quickly, generally one to two days. But what's awesome about it is in that regard, once we get that report back, if the, the screen itself is abnormal, the recommendation is to send the patient then to the eye care specialist so they can have further evaluation. And what we do is we forward a copy of that screening report right to the eye care specialist so they're aware. And this is, it, again, the uh, how has this implementation of the shared care impact not just the diabetic retinopathy, but all of your HEDIS uh, concerns? Well, it, it's, it's really important, you know. Um, Sometimes there's downsides because um, whether people like it or not, there's communication difficulties um, between specialists and primary care. So we spend a fair amount of time tracking down things such as mammograms or colorectal screening results from colonoscopies, et cetera. But again, that sort of interconnectivity with the patient being at the center of that whole thing, being able to have a communication between primary care and specialists, and then communication back to the patient themselves. So that way we can make sure that the measure really is closed um, is really, really important. And we, in our group, uh, we actually have a feedback loop. So if we give an order and the patient doesn't complete it within a certain amount of time, we reach back out to the patient and say, well, you know, why didn't you get, you know, and fill in the blank. Um, and sometimes it's access, sometimes it's money, sometimes it's just they need further education and, and encouragement. And how did this impact chart chasing? I, I hate to say, did your staff get more free time? Because we know there is no such thing as free time in a practice, but has it cut down on chart chasing? Yeah, well, it certainly has. Um, you know, being electronic, you'd like to think, makes it a lot easier. Uh, it only makes it easier in the fact that you're not flipping pages inside of a paper chart, right? But nonetheless, you can actually quickly see inside the EMR whether or not the patients had uh, the, the screenings done. And if not, then the immediate reach, outreach to the specialist or the radiology partner or what have you is done. And you're right, it's really not free time, it's expensive time. I mean, you know, we're paying our employees a decent amount of money to chase these reports. You can imagine in a primary care setting, when you're able to do something like TopCon screen and it's done at point of care and the report is sent to you really quickly, 
you're not chasing reports. It, it's already there. And so when it came, you, oh, sorry, John, go ahead. I was just going to tag along, tag on that. And in what factors did you consider when it came to ROI? Well, again, in our group, what we try and do, and, and, and me as medical director, we look at things from the quadruplane perspective, right? So are, are we improving quality? Are we decreasing costs? Are we improving patient satisfaction? Are we improving provider satisfaction, right? And if we can get at least three of the four, and God willing, the, you know, the, the ultimate is to get four of the four, we're, we're doing something good. So we decided to take this on as a project. Uh, the very first thing is, are we doing good for the patient? The answer is definitively yes, right? So that was simple. Um, are we able to make it so that it's easy and beneficial for the provider? Absolutely. The provider just has their, their medical assistant or office manager or someone take the patient back to the room to perform the exam. So that was easy. And then the question that you have is, well, you know, is there some level of ROI that makes sense? That to me is a bonus on quadruple A, right? Because we're clearly decreasing global costs because the patients that don't need to go for an expensive um, consultation are saved from that, right? we're clearly able to improve value because we're able to save vision, which again, has tremendous amounts of, of uphill costs if you let it go downstream too much, right? So we've done that. Then when it comes down to ROI, that's the, the, the cherry on top of everything, right? Because now what we're able to do is not only do all of those four things, but also make a couple of bucks in the meantime, right? So it, it was important, but it wasn't the most important, right? I, I think, you know, meeting the, the quadruple aim to me was the most important and then being able to to make some level of profitability on top that that's just fantastic be sure to tune in next week for part two of our interview with dr wade brocious until next time this is the eye on healthcare podcast